Vigorous Steve here, in line with the last well-received video here on YouTube, titled Best Weekly Dose of Testosterone, I'm going to do the exact same thing for all the other popular anabolic androgenic steroids that are commonly used, starting with Oxandrolone, more fondly known as Anivore or Oxandrin. Let me know down below which steroids you would like to see in this series next, the best dose of steroids XYZ. Let me guess, you'll comment Tremblone. If you did, you owe me a $5 super chat. Otherwise, the recommendation is going to be a zero milligrams Tremblone sandwich every single week, which seems to be the most sustainable dose for your overall health and well-being. Let's have a look at the unique characteristics of Oxandrolone to see where it differs compared to all the other anabolic energetic steroids that we can choose from. Oxandrolone improves perceived mind-muscle connection and overall strength, whether that's during the off-season, contest prep, or cutting phase. Users also report, anecdotally, that they get a better hypertrophy response out of running Oxandrolone because they get a better contraction and better pump and thus better results. Now, this is probably complete bro science with little scientific evidence to back it up, but any user of Oxandrolone will attest to this, and I quote, dude, the contraction and the pump is insane on Pharma VAR. Oxandrolone also increases density and hardness and muscle definition during a contest prep or cutting phase when you're sufficiently lean. Obviously, your body fat levels need to be low enough for these cosmetic appearance to take into effect. If you're over 12% body fat, it doesn't matter how much Oxandrolone you take, you will not look very cosmetically pleasing simply because you're too fat. 10%, 8%, 6% body fat, now we're talking. Oxandrolone improves collagen synthesis within the skin, the joints, ligaments, connective tissue, and skeletal muscle to prevent or heal injuries during any phase. Oxandrolone inhibits glucocorticoid receptor activation and thus suppresses catabolism and fat storage. Crosstalk between the androgen receptor and the glucocorticoid receptor actually promotes anabolism and fat loss. And you might have heard about this anecdotally, where people say Anivar made me lose all the fat off my lower abs. I've actually seen this play out in real life. Yohimbine or Rebolcine to remove fat from the lower back and Anivar to remove the fat from the lower abs. Obviously in a caloric deficit doing cardio and maybe using some other fat burners alongside of this protocol. Oxandrolone is generally well tolerated. It's been studied up to 80 milligrams daily for up to four weeks in duration, albeit that most of the scientific evidence has been performed on a much lower dose Oxandrolone, but those treatments might last for months. And it appears that low and effective dosages of Oxandrolone have manageable negative effects on blood work parameters and overall minimal side effects. There's also some scientific evidence that Oxandrolone only, without a testosterone base, doesn't downregulate the hypothalamic pituitary testicular axis. So you might be able to get away with, there is some scientific evidence to support that you can run an anivore-only cycle with no negative suppressive effects on your testosterone levels. But more on that later, don't get too excited. Let's have a look at the medical inserts of all the formally approved Oxandrin Anivar products, which were available in the United States up until recent, also more on that later, so we can figure out what the recommended prescription dose for Oxandrolone has been for the last couple of years. To promote weight gain after weight loss following extensive surgery, chronic infections, or severe trauma, or weight loss due to unknown causes, the protocol for Oxandrolone is as following. 2.5 milligrams to 20 milligrams orally daily over two to four divided dosages between two to four weeks. But this protocol can be repeated if desired, if weight gain is not sufficient and you need to repeat this course several times over. And this is the exact same protocol for um, bone pain relief from osteoporosis 
or to offset protein catabolism due to prolonged administration of corticosteroids or associated with catabolic illness, but that's off-label. Usage. Anoxandrolone is also used as an orphan drug adjacent therapy in HIV wasting syndrome and Duchenne's or Becker's muscular dystrophy. Oxandrolone is also often prescribed to quicken the recovery from severe burns or to aid in the development of girls suffering from Turner syndrome. Both of these therapies are considered off-label and other off-label prescriptions include the treatment of idiopathic short stature, anemia, hereditary angioedema, alcoholic hepatitis, and even hypogonadism. However, in cases of Turner syndrome or idiopathic short stature in children, growth hormone seems to be the preferred treatment, albeit that some therapies include both oxandrolone and growth hormone at the same time. And these therapies have actually been extensively studied. All of the citations are down below. Now, let's be honest, most bodybuilders or fitness enthusiasts would not get out of bed, would not get excited for 2.5 milligrams to 20 milligrams oxandrolone for a maximum of four weeks in duration. Maybe if you're a bikini athlete, you get moist for five milligrams oxandrolone for four weeks at maximum. But most male bodybuilders would prefer to run oxandrolone at let's say 25 milligrams per day for eight weeks, 12 weeks in duration consecutively. So let's find out if that's even a feasible approach or not. But what do the clinical trials say, which have been performed to assess the safety of oxandrolone treatments? All right, so I went through all the available clinical trials and summarized the published results, albeit that not all clinical trials have published results of what I was able to piece together, the dosages investigated during these clinical trials for various conditions and diseases range between 0.04 milligrams to 0.1 milligram per kilogram of body weight once or twice per day between 28 days up to 36 weeks in duration. So if you're 100 kilograms, the clinical trials investigate if 4 milligram up to 10 milligrams oxandrolone is safe or not. At the flat dosages, they either investigated 10 milligrams oxandrolone in a single dose or investigated 10 milligrams oxandrolone per day up to 24 weeks in duration and even 20 milligrams daily over two doses, 10 milligrams morning, 10 milligrams evening, anywhere between seven days up to 12 weeks in duration. So long story short, you double the dose, but you have the exposure duration. Now we'll go more into depth on the blood work changes when we get to the scientific evidence. Don't worry about that. From everything that I was able to piece together from the published results of these clinical trials, it seems that oxandrolone is generally well tolerated with minimal side effects at dosages up to 20 milligrams daily for up to 12 weeks in duration, where less side effects occur with longer duration at lower dosages. All right, keep this in mind going forward. Uh, that's great and all, but can we dose Anivar a little bit harder than that, Steve? Safety aside, I mean, we're all muscular as balls here, right? Right? Let's have a look at the scientific evidence, which has been performed with oxandrolone in various conditions at much higher dosages than 20 milligrams. That's what we're after, right? High dosages of oxandrolone for longer periods of time. Alrighty then, let's have a look at the scientific evidence where various dosages of oxandrolone have been examined regarding the safety and efficacy in various medical conditions. Medical conditions you probably don't suffer from. I've classified the oxandrolone treatments according to acute catabolic disorders, neuromuscular disorders, or other disorders. There's many of them, I'll put them on the screen. I've gone through all of the scientific evidence so you don't have to, but the citations are still 
down below. Dosages investigated in children suffering from idiopathic short stature or Turner syndrome range between 0.03 milligrams up to 0.2 milligrams oxandrolone per kilogram of body weight given once or twice daily from anywhere between three months up to 24 months in duration, often in combination with growth hormone uh, treatment in various dosages for various durations. And it appears that oxandrolone is generally well tolerated with minimal side effects. The research does note that co-administration of growth hormone seems to raise fasting glucose levels, which is a commonly occurring side effect of exogenous growth hormone. And the commonly observed blood work changes includes increased liver enzymes, skewed lipid parameters, and in some children, reversible androgenic effects were observed. And if you want to extrapolate this data to an adult weighing approximately 100 kilograms, there will be a dosage between three milligrams up to 20 milligrams daily. But these are not the dosages you're looking for. But before we continue to the adults, there's a good amount of follow-up studies performed of the effects of long-term oxandrolone treatment in children, whether that was for Klinefelter syndrome or Turner syndrome, pediatric burn victims or other conditions. To summarize the outcomes, long-term but low-dose oxandrolone treatment doesn't cause any permanent negative health complications, but there is some permanent virilization in some, but not all, female patients. And we can easily observe this in the bikini community where females take low-dose oxandrolone for longer periods of time. Maybe in the beginning there's no sign of virilization, but the longer they take it, long-term exposure over years, virilization slowly but surely sets in. So in the beginning this might be reversible, but the longer you take a low-dose oxandrolone, if you're a woman, virilization will slowly but surely occur. And when it comes to the adults, let's start by highlighting this review paper performed by Orr et al. titled The Anabolic Energetic Steroid Oxandrolone in the Treatment of Wasting and Catabolic Disorders Review of Efficacy and Safety. This paper basically indexes all the previously performed studies on oxandrolone regarding blood work changes and overall safety parameters. So to summarize, oxandrolone is usually investigated for weight gain and other various diseases. Investigated dosages usually range between 5 milligrams to 20 milligrams daily for adults for up to 12 months in duration. As expected, there's a dose-dependent response regarding weight gain or the prevention of weight loss, but there's also a dose-dependent response in the increase in ASD and LT liver enzymes, reduction of serum HDL levels, and an increase in LDL levels, albeit that most studies note that there's no significant observable change in HDL and LDL levels with a tangible reduction in serum triglyceride levels in patients suffering from hyperlipidemia. And there are observed androgenic effects in women, increased acne and libido in men, and mood swings or other minor behavioral changes in both sexes. And other notable positive effects during oxandrolone treatment at various dosages includes the reduction of weight loss in the elderly during immobilization in various diseases, faster recovery of healing of investigated diseases or injuries, reduced hospital discharge time, so the time between admittance to the hospital and discharge from the hospital significantly reduced, reduced infections rates following surgery, increased muscle protein synthesis, improved body composition, improved bone mineral density, and a reduction of visceral fat. Citations are down below. This review paper is very, very interesting if you want to have a brief and quick overview of all of the effects, whether those are deleterious 
or beneficial regarding oxandrolone treatment. But these studies are also with vanilla dosages that are cute at best. Although I will say that 5 to 20 milligrams oxandrolone per day for up to 12 months in duration, showing manageable blood work parameters, it does sound charming. And we also know that in the fitness industry, we can use ancillaries or over-the-counter supplements to help with these blood work changes and mitigate negative side effects, which hasn't been investigated in any of these studies during oxandrolone treatment. So let's have a look at the high-dose oxandrolone studies and see what we can extrapolate from those results. So let's start with the study performed on HIV-positive men, performed by Grunfeld et al. titled Oxandrolone in the treatment of HIV-associated weight loss in men, a randomized, double-blind, placebo-controlled study, where they examined the effects of 20 mg oxandrolone, 40 mg oxandrolone, and 80, this is what we're after, 80 mg oxandrolone per day for 12 weeks in duration, followed by 20 mg daily for another 12 weeks in duration, so that's a five-month administration of oral oxandrolone without anything else. So that's no testosterone-based, no ATG monotherapy alongside oxandrolone treatment, no enclomiphene, no clomid, just oxandrolone solo for five months, yes, five months in duration. And a 20 milligram group and a 40 milligram group received that dose for 12 weeks, followed by another 12 weeks on 20 milligrams. So it's either 20 plus 20, 40 plus 20, or 80 plus 20 for 12 weeks, 12 weeks in duration. All right, moving forward to the results. Uh, interesting, this study shows that the total weight gain amongst HIV-positive patients is greater at week 12 with the 40 milligram oxandrolone dose compared to the 80 milligram dose. But body composition and body cell mass, that is the size of the individual cells in the body, improved most with the 80 milligram groups. And just like the previous study where they reviewed the safety and efficacy of oxandrolone in various different treatments and scientific literature, there's a dose-dependent change in blood work parameters amongst the different oxandrolone groups in HIV patients compared to the placebo group particularly a significant increase in serum creatinine, ASD and ALT liver enzymes, a slight reduction in HDL, and a slight increase in LDL, while total cholesterol remained comparable to baseline. So these are very um, similar results as you would expect in bodybuilders or fitness enthusiasts who run various dosages of oxandrolone or oral anabolic androgenic steroids in general, right? And again, in the previous study and in this study, there's no co-administration of over-the-counter supplements or ancillaries to keep blood work parameters favorable. While oxandrolone treatment did cause a reduction in luteinizing hormone and follicle-stimulating hormone, they weren't completely bottomed out after 12 weeks on 40 milligrams and even 80 milligrams oxandrolone daily. However, serum testosterone and SHBG levels saw a significant decline in the 40 milligram and 80 milligram groups. Now, that being said, when we analyze the results of table five going down to luteinizing hormone, you see that the baseline readings are about three and a half to four units per liter. And then the change after week 12 on 40 milligrams oxandrolone per day you see that luteinizing hormone reduced by, let's say, 1.35 units per liter. So now through the power of deduction, you're left with 2.6 units per liter of luteinizing hormone in serum. And obviously, in the 80 milligram group, there's a 50% reduction from 4 down to 2 units per liter on your luteinizing hormone. <laughs> but that means that luteinizing hormone is not zero around 2 to 2.6 units per liter, still producing adequate amounts of testosterone and estradiol downstream. And with follicle-simulating hormone, you see that the average is, let's say, um, at baseline between 5 to 6 
units per liter amongst the different groups. But the changes after week 12 is a reduction of, well, 0.8 to 1.3 units per liter. So you're left with a follicle stimulating hormone of let's say between 3.6 to 5 units per liter between the 40 milligram group and the 80 milligram group. No dangle regulation of the hypodermic pituitary testes axis functioning. So you might be able to get away with an oral only cycle consisting of 40 milligrams oxandrolone to 80 milligrams oxandrolone per day up to 12 weeks. But this is based on HIV patients. But I was able to find another study performed in elderly men. Let's interject with another study proving the exact same thing. This study was performed by Schroeder et al. titled Treatment with Oxandrolone and the Durability of Effects in Older Men. Here they examined elderly men between 60 years old and 87 years old. They received 20 milligrams oxandrolone per day for 12 weeks in duration. And although serum luteinizing hormone levels declined, starting at a baseline reading of 8.3 units per liter, a reduction of 3.3 units per liter was observed over this 12-week period. But now you're still left with a luteinizing hormone level of 5 units per liter in serum. That's enough for adequate total testosterone levels, I would say. But unfortunately, they did investigate the changes in total testosterone before and after. All we really see here is that liver enzymes went up, which are the exact same results as all of the other oxandrolone studies. So now we have an N of 216 men, over 200 men, where hypothalamic pituitary testes axis functioning, luteinizing hormone and follicle stimulating hormone all stay intact, on 20 milligrams oxandrolone, 40 milligrams oxandrolone, 80 milligrams oxandrolone for up to 12 weeks in duration. Looks highly promising. Now let's go back to the previous HIV positive patient study. Um, after the initial 12 weeks of either 20 milligrams, 40 milligrams, or 80 milligrams oxandrolone, patients were allowed to continue to take 20 milligrams oxandrolone daily for 12 weeks consecutively following the initial 12 weeks. So again, that's a total oxandrolone treatment of five months continuously. Comparing the increase in body weight at the end of the treatment at the 24-week mark, all groups showed comparable increases of around three and a half kilograms, but the changes in liver enzymes were significantly lower in the 20 milligrams for 24 weeks group compared to the 40 milligrams or 80 milligrams for 12 weeks, followed by 20 milligrams for 12 weeks groups. So that means that, long story short, a lower dose for a long duration yields similar results with better blood work parameters compared to a higher dose for let's say half the time, followed by a maintenance dose for the rest of the time. Isn't that eye-opening, right? A low dose oxandrolone for a long period of time yields better results, all things considering, than a higher dose for half the time. And there's another high dose oxandrolone study, albeit that we can't really extrapolate much from these results, performed by Mendenhall et al. titled, a study of oral nutritional support with oxandrolone in malnourished patients with alcoholic hepatitis, results of a Department of Veteran Affairs cooperative study. In this study performed on severely malnutritioned men suffering from muscle wasting in instances of alcoholic hepatitis, they received 80 milligrams oxandrolone per day for a total of 30 days, followed by a dose reduction 50% to 40 milligrams oxandrolone per day for another 60 days, right? So that's also a dose reduction similar to the previous results. Now, unfortunately, we can't really extrapolate from any of these results because obviously these patients are already severely unhealthy and a lot of patients actually passed away while this study was performed. Uh, apparently, oxandrolone treatment is not able to keep men with severe alcoholic hepatitis 
alive. So it's not a life-changing, life-saving medication. Um, but the researchers did note that in these instances of pre-existing liver injury, 80 milligrams or 40 milligrams oxandrolone treatment did not worsen liver uh, enzyme or liver parameters in general. And they speculate that the observed changes in lipid levels uh, being similar to the placebo groups could be caused by the progression of alcoholic hepatitis. Uh, so based on this results, so let's say if you're already in a terrible state of health, then apparently 40 milligrams or 80 milligrams oxandrolone is not going to make you more unhealthy, right? Take it all with a grain of salt, but this is all that we can work with. All right, so now we know that 20 milligrams, 40 milligrams, 80 milligrams oxandrolone per day for up to 12 weeks or maybe even longer will give you manageable blood work changes. Again, I think you can mitigate all of those negative effects with ancillaries or over-the-counter supplements, which unfortunately hasn't really been investigated, but we do know better in the fitness industry. And there's some scientific evidence that it doesn't downregulate the HPTA. So now you have a scientific confirmation that you can run an oxandrolone oral only cycle and uh, walk away with a uh, luteinizing hormone and follicle stimulating hormone and perhaps total testosterone levels somewhat intact, albeit that I still think that it's not a good idea. So please don't do that. Please don't use this scientific evidence to do an oral only cycle. Okay, while there are a good amount of studies performed on oxandrolone plus exercise, the large majority of these have been in the context of recovery from severe burns where exercise improved body weight recovery and improved strength well beyond oxandrolone treatment alone. And this has been duplicated in patients suffering from HIV, where oxandrolone plus exercise shows a positive outcome regarding the prevention of muscle wasting and weight loss. Unfortunately, not so many studies have been performed on healthy adults where we can see that oxandrolone has an augmenting effect of exercise in athletes, for example. I was only able to find five studies performed on elderly men and women, four of which have been performed by Dr. Todd Schroeder. So on behalf of all of the oxandrolone connoisseurs out there, Vigor Steve salutes you. This is the best that we can work with, one of which we already highlighted earlier. So let's proceed with the summary of all of these studies. Treatments were 20 milligrams oxandrolone daily, either once per day or split 10 milligrams morning and evening for 12 weeks in duration. This 12 weeks always makes a resurgence in all of the studies. In elderly men aged between 60 to 85 years old, Lean body weight increased between 2.7 to 3 kilograms on average. One rep leg press strength increased between 6.3 to 6.7% on average. One rep leg extensions between 6.3 to 7% on average. Chest press strength increased by 9.3% on average. And lat pull down strength increased by 5.1% on average. In all of these studies, 12 weeks after discontinuing oxandrolone, so that's at the 24-week mark again, the changes in lean body mass and muscle strength were no longer different from baseline. So that's basically easy come, easy go, especially if you're old. You get to make phenomenal gains while using oxandrolone 20 milligrams for 12 weeks in duration. And then as soon as you stop, all of those gains are taken away at the 12-week mark. All the more incentive to run oxandrolone a little bit longer, right? But we are not going to cherry pick the scientific evidence as an excuse to run oxandrolone for a year straight, right? You have to make sure that you stay healthy as well and do cycle off 
when you go to higher dosages for 12 weeks or maybe even longer. And it finally brings us to the dosing frequency, which is important with oxandrolone because it has an elimination half-life between 9.4 to 10.4 hours in healthy adults and a mean elimination half-life of 13.3 hours in the elderly. It is advised to split up the dose of oxandrolone if you take it on rest days. So you take half the dose in the morning and half the dose in the evening. But if you take it in a pre-workout context, especially sublingually, personally, I would recommend and do the entire full dose for that day at let's say 20 minutes to 30 minutes pre-workouts. But if you want to take your oxandrolone orally, swirl that down with grapefruit juice, which has cytochrome P450 enzyme inhibitors, and thus bioavailability of the oxandrolone is significantly higher. Still, sublingual administration seems to be the preferred route nowadays, and a lot of users of oxandrolone note that through this way of administration that they get increased performance in the gym, increased pumps, increased mind-muscle connection, increased overall fullness, hardness, density, etc. So that being said, taking all of this video into consideration, what is the exact best dosing protocol for oxandrolone? Well, since the dose is the poison, just like with any other steroid or performance enhancing drug out there, at a low dose, you should be able to run oxandrolone for a very long time, maybe months in duration. I mean, the scientific evidence shows that five months on oxandrolone up to 20 milligrams per day is somewhat tolerable regarding blood work parameters and overall side effect profile. I mean, this is what the medical literature shows. So take that into consideration if you want to run oxandrolone at a modest dose for longer periods of time. And obviously, as the dose goes up, the oxandrolone exposure duration gets shorter and shorter and shorter because there's no clear scientific evidence that 40 milligrams oxandrolone per day or 80 milligrams oxandrolone per day is actually healthy because these studies have been performed in men in an unhealthy state, right? HIV positive patients and men with alcoholic hepatitis. Um, so I would suggest a low to moderate dose of oxandrolone uh, for as long as you can tolerate. I'll put my recommendations on the screen right now based on all of the coaching that I've done in my years. And I've coached a lot of men and women through their oxandrolone treatments. For men, I would say that the sustainable and tolerable dose of oxandrolone is anywhere between five milligrams to 25 milligrams daily. So that's five milligrams more than has been clinically investigated, but that's just purely based on all of the experience that I have. Either the full dose, uh, 20 to 30 minutes pre-workout sublingually or split half the dose morning and evening on rest days until blood work parameters become unmanageable and you are forced to come off. And the deleterious dose is basically 25 milligrams to 50 milligrams daily. I would not go over 50 milligrams oxandrolone per day. Uh, otherwise, it just means that your oxandrolone is something else. Maybe it's turinable, maybe it's deanable. I've not met anybody out there who can tolerate 80 milligrams oxandrolone alongside a proper testosterone base, which already potentiates a boatload of anabolism and pumps and fullness and mind-muscle connection, etc. Right, You're putting the oxandrolone on top of a cycle consisting of other anabolic energetic steroids, and I don't see a reason to go beyond 50 milligrams per day. Right, Same administration protocol as the sustainable and tolerable dose, um, and I would limit 50 milligrams or even 25 milligrams oxandrolone for a maximum of six weeks. And for women, I would say that the sustainable and tolerable dose of oxandrolone is anywhere between 2.5 to 5 milligrams daily after, 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 after exhausting all the non-viralizing compounds out there. That's DHEA, that's growth hormone, 7-keto DHEA. 
and maybe clenbuterol at a low dose. There's so many other things women can look into before they need to result to oxandrolone and after they've maximized everything else, then 2.5 milligrams to 5 milligrams daily, I feel is safe and sustainable. All right, so same administration protocol, either full dose uh, sublingually pre-workout or split AM and PM until blood work parameters become unmanageable. But at this dose, blood work changes might not even occur. You might not even see changes in your liver enzymes or lipid parameters. Um, what is important is the cumulative dose over months to years where virilization slowly but surely starts to sink in. And I feel that the acute deleterious dose is anywhere between five milligrams to 20 milligrams oxandrolone daily, same administration protocols for maximum up to six weeks. Uh, but I would really pick and choose when you start to go over five milligrams oxandrolone if you're a woman. Maybe before going into a photo shoot or maybe before going into a contest, right? The cumulative dose over time will surely but steadily virilize you. So if you go on 20 milligrams for six weeks, um, even if you split that up, and maybe at the end of this cumulative exposure for six weeks, there's already virilization in place. So really play your cards carefully if you're a woman. Um, and if you do this recreationally, you're not making any money, you're not competing, you're not doing any photo shoots, which are important for yourself or your sponsors. Just don't go over five milligrams oxandrolone per day, please. And before we close it off, since I care about your physical well-being and your overall health, I will say that sourcing pharmaceutical oxandrolone products is becoming increasingly difficult. In the United States, pharmaceutical oxandrine and oxandrolone manufacturers just had their FDA approval withdrawn. Luckily, compounding pharmacies are still able to prescribe and produce oxandrolone, but branded oxandrolone products are basically no longer available and become a rarity or a unique item. And when we look at Thailand, body research used to produce Bonavar oxandrolone in a pharmaceutical facility. It was not technically FDA approved. It didn't have a medical insert and it wasn't part of the Thai FDA database. Um, but I would say that based on all of the uh, third-party tests of Janoshik that I've seen on body research Bonavar, um, it was pretty legit. I've used it myself, but it's also no longer produced. So we have two pharmaceutical oxandrolone products left, either Aburain Oxabone or Iran Hormone Deroloxin. That's it. <laughs> That's all you can choose from. And besides these two options, you basically have to take your chances with Underground Lab Oxandrolone. I would advise you, especially if you're a woman thinking about running Oxandrolone 2.5 to 5 milligrams daily for a couple months in duration, um, test it somewhere, right? Janoshik or somewhere else, test the Underground Lab Oxandrolone that you just purchased, spend the extra money, wait a little bit longer for the test results to come back to make sure that it's accurately dosed and the Oxandrolone on the bottle is actually Oxandrolone contained within the tablets um, and do that for every batch because unfortunately underground labs are still um, reliant on the Chinese raw providers. And if they mess up somewhere or they mislabel the raws or they're underdosed or different active pharmaceutical ingredient, then you're paying the price for it, right? And they might not do the third-party testing that's required. So please, females out there and also the men out there, if you go with underground lab Oxandrolone, test it, test it, test it every single batch. That is my last word of advice. Pick and choose what you want from this video, right? I would recommend a low dose for a couple months in duration, using all of the ancillaries and over-the-counter supplements to keep yourself healthy and doing blood work frequently, which you can do if you live in the United States over at Merrick Health. 
I had to have excellent patient care coordinators and healthcare providers who can help you interpret your blood work results. And even though the scientific literature does show that liver enzymes and lipid parameters have uh, marginal changes, um, it's probably not only oxandrolone that you're taking, right? So do your blood work, stay healthy while using these kinds of performance enhancing drugs. Thank you guys so much for watching. You can find everything that I'm associated with down below in the YouTube description section. Follow me on Instagram and TikTok at Vigor Steve. Vigor's crew, a no oxandrolone in the picture, frontable bicep for you guys, but I would kill to be on a little bit of pharmaceutical oxandrolone um, again. Um, I allegedly stocked up on the last remaining amount of Bonavar that was available in Thailand. So um, maybe good things will happen in the near future for me and me alone, right? It's not for sale. Don't even ask. YouTube is not a source board, you motherfucker. Thank you guys so much for watching, and I'll see you in the next video.